Father, as we come to you this morning, we just can't help but uh, acknowledge your glory um, as it pertains to just even waking up this morning and seeing the beauty of the sun and the um, Christmas of the fall and yet um, being able to <clears throat> remember that uh, um, fall um, is the um, precedes winter. And Father, as we think about just your life here in this world um, that you went through that time of winter also uh, on our behalf uh, on the cross. And Father, we, we thank you for the resurrection that we celebrate also that um, gives us great hope, a living hope, Father, that allows us to remember um, that uh, we do serve a risen Savior and that you are in this world and that you are accomplishing your purposes and that all these things do not go uh, unnoticed and that you are the one who is glorious beyond all telling. Father, may we come to fall in love with you again and again and again in ways that um, just um, continue to remind us that, uh, that there is coming a day when there will be no more pain that there is coming a day when we will be forever with the Lord. And Father, we just thank you that um, you meet us where we're at and you take us to where you want us. And uh, Father, we, we commit our ways to you this morning. I pray that you would work through the, the Word of God this morning that's upheld around the world. And Father, certainly in this class. And Father, as we think about um, the pulpit even here this morning, I pray that you would meet the needs that are represented in this room Pray that you would meet the needs that are represented in the workshop this week and workshops to come. Father, I pray that you would have your um, spirit um, enable and um, use the word of God that goes from the pulpit this morning. Pray that you would infuse and infect the, um, Michael as he speaks your word uh, through your spirit to um, implant it in the souls of those who are here this morning. And that you would accomplish your purposes and superintend your your will um, to that end. Father, we pray for Carl. You would continue to be the source of his strength. Father, I pray that you would help him as he navigates challenge. And yet, Father, he is in a place of um, somewhat recuperation. I pray that you would continue to help him to um, be able to um, experience uh, your intimacy with you, even while he's in bed, and uh, Father, I just pray that you would help him to know you in a way that's very different than maybe he ever has in the past, and Father, we pray for um, just that uh, that uh, this country, Father, we this the world as we know it, Father, we, we can't help but even come off this week and have seen um, such a, um, su- such a a crazy next chapter in what we view to be world events and what your what seems to be being accomplished. Um, and yet, Father, we know that you are behind the scenes and that all things happen for your purposes uh, for those who love you. And Father, we pray that we would uh, that we would uh, have that as our chief aim and our single obsession and our sole desire in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> well, great. If you could take your Handouts and turn to First um, Peter, chapter uh, five. Um, we are uh, in a passage here that um, Mark started last week, and I'll, I'll probably just kind of cover some of the things that he covered very quickly last week, and then continue on. Um, and uh, um, let, let's start by just reading this um, first up. First up, if you would. 
Somebody want to read that on the screen or in your Bible? Therefore I exhort the elders among you, fellow elder and witness sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. Shepherd appears. Great. So, uh, Peter refers to um, um, certainly us figuratively here as sheep, and Peter calls the body of Christ the flock of God. What, what do you think is the significance and maybe in that, do you think? What significance do you find there because of the being called the flock of God? Thoughts on that? We did, didn't we? <laughs> we yeah. lots of Boy. Of that study mark. <laughs> wow, that was really... State, great study, yeah, yeah. How much we, yes, <laughs> and that we forget that, right? <laughs> we forget it day in and day out, right? Yeah, need to be reminded. Need a little gentle stick, right? You know, the the rod, the staff that <laughs> brings comfort in our souls, right? And yeah. And uh, so definitely, and any significance to the fact that we're the flock, not just a flock, not just sheep, the flock of God. I mean, the longing, ownership, um, security, purpose, that there's pur- I like that one, I didn't even think about that, the purpose, that we have purpose in our lives because of that. Um, other thoughts? Okay. And just, um, if you were to characterize without, you know, specific words that are found in verses 2 and 3. I mean, how would you um, say that elders should shepherd? Um, before you answer that question, one of the things I want to I frame up for you in the beginning of our time together here is that um, Peter has like said, like, things are going to happen in your midst. Like, like life's going to get challenging. It's already getting challenging, he says, because of, quote-unquote, these fiery trials, Right? And so he says, like, this is going to happen in your midst. His, his assumption is each of these people he's writing to are part of a local assembly, a part of a local body who, 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 are, who are the local flock of God in that, in that town, right? And so um, one of the things that I want to frame up is that <clears throat> leadership really matters, and it really matters at all times, but it really matters in the face of persecution and suffering. Like, really. And, and so when you think about, like, the context, it's not just the context of Peter talking about, like, leaders and shepherds and elders, which we will have a conversation about, but it's about them standing and being who they need to be in the midst of suffering and persecution. That's the construct here. That's the backdrop. That's why he says, therefore, at the beginning of verse 1. Okay? So this just doesn't come out and say, it's not one of those like standalone passages that's just like, oh, and let me tell you about this. It's like, leadership really matters in the face of great persecution. And we're going to see that in, in our objectives for today. Um, so how should the elder shepherd then? In the face of persecution. Willingly. Willingly. Okay. Pardon me? No, 
unite. Unite them, bring them together. Okay, because think about it. Like when when this is going to happen, you know, even in our body here, right? I mean, like like there isn't any other sanctuary. There's no other place. I mean, it's us. It's the relationships we've built that are going to help navigate this whole challenge that's yet to come. And for the absolutely, absolutely, um, Cheryl's got a great idea. <laughs> you want to tell him? Or is not ready for prime time yet? But you can have a lot of other people asking too, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness, just leave us hanging. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's pursuing having a... Village veggies. Oh, the Antiojos. Using Antiojos, some yeah. of their ground, and accumulating people that want to participate, having a community garden. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Sharing yeah. some of the work, sharing some of the produce, perhaps giving some of the produce away yeah. to our need. Yeah. It's a great idea, isn't it? So, uh, other other thoughts on how how we should shepherd, how how elders should shepherd well. Kindly okay. stewardship. Okay. Because the elders are somewhat in charge of the flock, they must still be part of the flock. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be shepherded also, and they need to shepherd, right? Yeah. Both, both and. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, Dave. Greater care on them too. God. And so yeah. it prideful. Arrogance. My vocal body too. Amen. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're going to talk about the differences between some of the way the world sees uh, exercising oversight, quote unquote, um, as opposed to the biblical um, perspective of exercising, how they're very different. Like, other thoughts? Any other thoughts on how? Okay. And um, when he says, I said, what significance might there be to the fact that Peter says those who are in this local body, quote, the flock of God, are, are quote, unquote, allotted to your charge? What's, what's this allotted concept? What does that mean? Like allotted to your charge. Who's the your there? Who, who's is the your there? Your charge? The elder's, the elder's charge, right? Okay. And, and what does a charge mean? Responsible, okay. Responsible, maybe accountable, okay. And and what is the what does the word allotted bring to the understanding the framework the how you think about this? Who's allotting it? God's allotting it. Just the word allotted by its very nature is the is has, put, puts on a whole different perspective. Like who's doing the allotting? Wow. So God's doing the allotting, and it's. Under your charge, your accountability, your responsibility. So it's like, you know, sometimes we see only like this way, you know, in our lives, and we don't see this way in our life. And what I would suggest is that maybe God actually calls individuals to local bodies for reasons beyond what we know. Maybe. And that somehow those allotments are divinely ordained and given in such a way. I mean, why can we, what, what are some other ways we can talk about that? I mean, think about the giftedness, right? He says, I give you gifts to, 
for the local church. Well, if those gifts are going to be used to meet the needs of this particular local church here in the allotment, then doesn't it make sense that God's somehow crafting that like in order to make bring all that together? I think so. I think it has lots to do with it. But there's a divine component going on here, isn't there? There's a will of God tied into something here. Go ahead, Cheryl. I think we need to be not corral that charge group too closely because we can't say that only members are in that exactly. group. Exactly. It could be a one-time visitor right. that God brings into this congregation. For a purpose or for something. For a purpose. Yeah. We're not to know the purpose. We're just to keep charge of everyone present. Exactly. And God does His thing, right? I mean, it could be that they come to Christ. It could be that they are now accountable in the Judgment Day. It could be lots of reasons that we have no idea. But it is beyond those who are only, only let's say, the members um, of a body. Any other thoughts on that? And, and so then he finishes this with, with verse 4, and he says... You will receive, quote-unquote, the unfading crown of glory. Unfading crown of glory. Um, He says um, that this should motivate why elders do what they do. So kind of that motivation factor, the why, the purpose statement. Um, What do you think that unfading crown of glory is? Is this something that is, uh, I mean, it appears to somehow be something special, Right? Seems appears to somehow be something worthwhile. Seems to somehow be motivational. Somehow to be like I don't have it here, but I get somehow get it there. Any thoughts on that? Way or motive? Okay. Thoughts? That particular area. Crown of glory is a special reward for the faithful God called pastor elder. Receive this award in the dating. Mm. Here in the pastor's crown of glory, mm. he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive God called pastor elder by prayer to the Lord. God's tithes and your offerings, time in the service of the Lord, God will reward you for support by allowing you to share in your pastor's church and being. Amen. Amen. So it certainly appears, from this passage at least, that this is a special type of crown that has to do with elders, shepherds. Is that. I mean, that's how I read it, at least. Is that how you read it, too? Yeah? Okay. All right, good. Any other thoughts on this? All right, well, let's get started, if we can, and uh, jump into our time together. Um, Expectations of shepherds during suffering. So, from a learning perspective, what I want you to walk away with is to understand that God expects His shepherds to be examples to the rest of the body of Christ during suffering, I'll say, and trials, and to be reminded and encouraged that, quote, everything counts for eternity. Everything counts for eternity. So let me say it again. To understand that God expects His shepherds, pastors, to be examples to the rest of the body of Christ during suffering and trials, And to be reminded and encouraged that everything counts for eternity. Everything counts for eternity. Okay? That's that's what I want to try to get across today in our time together. Alright, so we read this already, and I want to talk through how I've um, outlined this passage for us. Okay? So the first one here is the exhortation to elders. 
the exhortation to elders. He says, Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd. That's the charge. That's the exhortation. Okay? Second is, who should be shepherded? Who should be shepherded? The flock of God among you. We just talked about that. And the flock of God among you. Next is, how must shepherding take place? How must shepherding take place? How? Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And last but not least, <clears throat> why elders should shepherd well? Why elders should shepherd well? Why? Because when the chief shepherd appears, you as elders will receive the unfading crown of glory. If you do what's, if you do the how to the who, does that make sense? If you do the how to the who, okay. Any any comments? All right. So the exhortation of of elders, he says. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore, and this refers back to chapter four, verses twelve through nineteen, and that Peter's readers were suffering persecution and being attacked for being Christ-like. And he calls that in verse um, uh, 12, the, quote, fiery ordeal or fiery trials um, that are among you. So his assumption here is that these have risen up and that they are already amongst them. They're in the middle of them. Okay? Would somebody read verses 12 through 19 for us to get the concept of the therefore? Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial of something stranger, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ. They also rejoice in me. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of God. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing. It. Amen, amen. So that's the therefore. He says these are amongst you, uh, like <clears throat> because of this. Like I want shepherds, I exhort shepherds to um, to fulfill your calling, basically. Okay, um, so God has entrusted the responsibility of spiritual leadership to elders. God has entrusted the responsibility of spiritual leadership to elders. They are to shepherd the body of Christ well. So, when I say this, I'm saying it in the backdrop of, and I'm going to say this on all four counts today, when everything falls apart. When everything falls apart. You, You shepherds, you elders, you shepherd well, excellently. Okay? That's, that's the back, that's the backdrop. Um, let's look at Titus 1, verse 5. Titus 1, verse 5. We're going to look at quite a few verses today. I'm sure you're so surprised. <clears throat> Titus 1, verse 5. Would somebody read that? For this reason I left you in Crete, that you might set in order what remains, point elders in every city as I directed you. So Paul has entrusted or, or directed Titus um, uh, when he's in Crete, island of Crete, okay, they might, quote, set in order what remains. 
and a part of that process of setting in order what remains, the idea is what, what remains left to do, okay, is, is a key thing. Probably the most important thing he says is, is to appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So in every church, that's what he means, because it's a church in every local city, right? So in every city, in every church where you've started uh, the ministry, uh, appoint, appoint elders, put in place and appoint elders. Um, notice this word elders is plural. Um, it, is, it is multiple elders. We're going to talk more about that in a second. Um, 1 Timothy 5.17. 1 Timothy 5.17. Okay. So other than verse 19 of the same passage where he talks about an elder... Um, who's being brought, having something brought against them. The Word of God always talks about this as a group of men. A, a group of men. It's not, it's plural, always. Always, always, always. It's never an individual. Um, unless it's like being talked about, like, um, does that individual, is that individual above reproach? And so, um, this is this is key, and and that's how God has in, has put the the. the the church together, and and I'll suggest that that actually flies in the face of probably most churches in the world. Most churches probably have much more of a a, a world's set up framework of like one person kind of the kind of the top of the pyramid kind of thing, right? And and then you know they they kind of um, control things and. And make decisions and that kind of stuff, and or you have it flipped around where it's like, like nobody's in charge. It's completely congregational, and it's and it's like everybody can make has a has a democratic voice in making you know a voting decision of some kind, right? I mean, you kind of see those are the two frames that exist probably out there, and and the biblical way is that is, is that God has put elders in place to have oversight for a body. And that oversight means serving the, the body. Serving them. Not the body serving the elders. The, the elders serving the body and giving them a voice in everything that happens. But yet, God's going to hold the elders accountable as, quote, as David said, under shepherds of, of him. Okay, so that's the framework, and that's always a plural situation. There's great value in that. We're going to talk about that today. Okay, um, he says, "I want to therefore exhort you." The word "exhort" means to call alongside, um, or to encourage, or to con- compel somebody in a certain direction. Um, it's the same word that we get literally the Holy Spirit, um, uh, the, the way the Holy Spirit's role is in our lives. Um, it's the same concept. What, what does that look like? What does that look like? Comforter. Counselor. A confronter. <laughs> we can get a lot of C's here going. <laughs> okay. Um, encourager. Lay down my lifer. Um, with, the, uh, with the foundation being love. Love. The foundation being wanting to see the best. Yeah. God's kingdom glorified. glorified. Yeah. And people growing. Amen. Whether it's easy or hard. And, and it's always back to that issue of truth in love, right? It's truth in love. And so it's about like caring enough to confront, 
but doing it in a way that is winsome in nature. Um, give me more of that. I like it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? Because you really care about me. Right? And because there's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the shepherds know their sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. Right? Okay. So, um, really important. Um, I think of, like, the way the Holy Spirit or, or God, you know, at the time... You think of Pharaoh, remember Pharaoh? Like, Pharaoh exhorted God through Moses. Do you remember? Like, so the, the way I best think about exhortation, it's, it's, it's using Pharaoh as an example where he, like, said, let my people go. He said, no. Then he, let my people go. And he put no over here. And let my people go. No, 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 no. And it says, like, like Pharaoh hardened his, his heart towards the Lord. And then another couple passages says, God hardened Pharaoh's heart towards the Lord. It's like, well, which one was it? Yes, and, right? Because God kept putting what I'll call bumper guards in place to take a person to a decision process. And that decision process, they need to be accountable for. But God kept going like this and narrowing the field of view to say, you have one choice now. You've made all your choices. Now you're accountable for that. Okay, that's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, going like this, right? So, turn with me to, um, uh, let me see if I have it here. Um, well, I'm going to look at it a little bit later. So, hold, hold, hold the phone right there. So, um, uh, so next is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Judgment, the time has come to the judgment. That's first he's dead. As I look at it, it's what now in this exhortation. What, what is Satan going to attack? Any church? Attack the leadership first. We yep. ourselves. So I'm just kind of bridging. I'm, but I'm bridging with this household of God first. Exactly. And I'm saying is, is that that is, that is this current suffering, is the fiery trials that is affecting all believers. Yes, we know that. But when you look at where, how is God going to, yep. very hierarchy that you yep. just described, which also points to the, the strength plurality. Exactly. And, and it's, an observation. It's, a, it's a huge observation because I think that when he says like it's time for that judgment to begin with the household of God first, it's it's a holistically it's a holistic issue, and the word judgment there is has has a lot to do with like bringing discernment to bear on the situation and hearts and lives and like where's your passion and where's your importance and what have you placed your bets on and like where are you you know in your intimacy with God? It's all of those things, right? It's like like Pressure test motives, pressure test purpose, pressure test home, pressure test all the things that matter um, because those will get sifted in the, in the storm. That They will be sifted. And, and it becomes even more important for shepherds because that's where the adversary and the world are going to go at first um, in order to take it down. I mean, what, what do they say time and time again in, in, in warfare? Decapitate the head, decapitate the head, decapitate the head. You know, that's, you take the, take this command and control out, um, so, so to speak. You know, hopefully they, you know, that's not what's happening theoretically within the body. You dismantle any structure. You start from the top and dismantle downward. Yep. Much, much easier. Yeah. Because you weaken the whole structure as yep. soon as you start dismantling part of it. Yep. 
So I, I think you're right, Dave. I think that that is exactly the construct that he's trying to allude to and why he goes into this now. Because he just said, like, that. Um, and it has the backdrop of trials and suffering. <coughs> so, um, understanding the words. and The word elder emphasizes a man's spiritual condition. Man's spiritual condition necessary for ministry. So there are four main words we're going to talk about. I just want to make sure you're aware of them. First is elder. It also is a designation for the office. The office. So there's an a biblical office called eldership, okay, um, or elders. And and elder emphasizes the man's maturity spiritually. It doesn't speak of chronological age. It speaks of spiritual maturity in this in this context okay second is bishop or overseer it speaks of general responsibility to lead or to guard or to protect if you would um, we'll talk more about this one in a little bit um, pastor this is the word shepherd um, and expresses the priority and duties priorities of feeding priorities of teaching priorities of caring um, so when you think about the word elder um, this comes, the word elder comes from the word uh, pres, pres, presbyter, presbyter, yeah, presbyter, that's how you say it, uh, of which we get the word, what, Presbyterian, comes from that, okay, Presbyterian. Presbyterian or presbyter was the name of the leader or the elder um, in the uh, church in Jerusalem. So that's where it started, was in the was in the Jewish Christian church in Jerusalem, is where that word first came into. So who would have that been to begin with? It was Peter and the other apostles as they formed up the, quote, leadership of the church of Jerusalem. Okay, Bishop or overseer comes from the word uh, uh, episkopos. Episkopos. And so what do we get from that? Episcopalian. Episcopalian. So you have press. Presbyteros or presbyter, making Presbyterian, and then you have Episcopos, which leads to Episcopalian. Okay, so bishop or overseer speaks of this leading or this this uh, guiding or this guarding, protecting. The word pastor, um, the Latin for this, is, we get the word po- poemono, poemo, poemano, in the Greek, but in the Latin is pastor. That's 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 how that comes about is pastor. So the word pastor is the word for feeding, sh- teaching, caring. Okay. So the four the four words then here um, are pastor, bishop, overseer, and elder. All speaking of different people or same people, same people, same people, just different roles, right? Different roles, really. Okay. So Peter uses the plural of elders to affirm that the office was always designated to be a plurality of men. The value proposition of having a plurality of men, we've talked about a couple of them already here. First is that it gives, um, provides for more ministry care. It provides the church against error. It preserves the body from an unhealthy imbalance of focus. What do I mean by that? Um, if somebody's just like... On a on a what do you call it a uh, the box you stand on on a on a soapbox okay and all they can every time they open the word of God they they they're talking about that right and all of us know people like that right that they have, then then that's not a healthy 
You know, teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God is what elders are called to. And, and so it's not about like this unhealthy imbalance of focus. It's about the whole counsel of God. Um, and last but not least is it ensures continuity in the case of a dominant le- leader leaving. Ensures continuity in, in the case of a dominant leader leaving. Can you think of any other possible value propositions of a plurality of, of shepherds than the ones we have right here? Or can you give, without putting names, can you give some examples of, of how you might have seen some of these things take place, maybe? Um, but just they, the elders have information that they should have that the rest of us. They can pray together when they're praying for something. Two or three, right. Gathered, right. You know, there's that whole, I mean, it's not, yes. it's not explicit here. Yes, um, Matthew 18, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and... and there's va- I mean, one of the things I didn't put on here, I, I should have probably added this one, but there's, there's immeasurable counsel in wisdom from, from a plurality of, measurable, measurable wisdom from a plurality of counselors, um, godly men, yeah. And, and 12 yeah. apostles that he poured into, yep. so there's our example. Yep, good point. Any other thoughts or examples or that value things that come from plurality of men? I think of giftedness. Blend of yeah. You have, you have some that have certain gifts and melody of leaders that circles of leaders. You know, yep. John sort of had I, yep. you know, track on a lot of things that seem like that. Right. Or even maybe the value of any one, right? You know, any one person necessarily in there. The different roles they're, you know, kind of like they're playing, you know. And yeah, I mean, we can see it in hindsight now when you look at the value that gift to Peter, right? And how, you know, what we're weighing here, and how exactly, exactly. I'm thinking right work. Yeah. Well, I mean, the scriptures are really clear about that, right? Without a vision, people yeah. perish, right? <laughs> if it's not clear and not compelling and all the other things, it's going to happen. Taking yeah. from the secular world of supervision, one person can only effectively supervise so many people. Plural uh, eldership now has more people to supervise more people. Mm. So there is a better ability elders to mm. a larger congregation. Mm. Just, the, just the sheer size or nature yeah. of it, yeah. Definitely. Well, he goes on here to say, um, uh, Peter's credentials, he says, um, uh, I, as a fellow elder, he says, I am one like you, who intimately understands <clears throat> the difficulties, the challenges that are just very inherent in, in shepherding. Um, I put John 21, 15-17. Remember, that was the passage that Jesus turned to him three times, right? And he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Okay, And, and this is like resonating in, 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 in Peter's mind, as, I think, as he, as he, as he says. You know, I'm, I'm a fellow elder. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the elder. I am a fellow elder with you. I, when Jesus told me to do this, I needed shepherding. <laughs> I was a person who was the, in that place first, and I understand. He says next that I was a witness of the sh- sufferings of Christ. 
I was a witness of the sufferings of Christ. This, this speaks of Peter's authority in being an apostle. And that he too was and would be a witness. And he was a trustworthy source to declare God's redemptive work. This word witness, I, I just want to call it out for you. Um, we think of a witness as a person who um, witnessed something, right? Like I, like um, Mark talked about last week, he, you know, Peter, James, and John were witnesses of the transfiguration, right? Um, but 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 the word witness actually comes from this root word called M A R T U S, martus, of which we get the word martyr from, and so it literally quickly became. Um, one who witnessed something from the past, but now they're witnessing that to other people. And that's how they got killed. <laughs> in fact, in, in, in the Revela- in, in John in his, in his the Revelation, he says you know, that these, quote, witnesses would, 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 would shed their blood. They would, they would die you know, uh, during this tribulation period. And he says, until all of them have witnessed for me um, I, I'm not through yet um, and so that's the word witness, it's really interesting um, and so uh, he also says um, that they're a partaker of the glory to that is to be revealed so Peter literally offers these these men who are, li- who are reading this as, as fellow elders uh, reading this book um, he says that um, he offers them genuine and real hope and an eternal reward for their faithful service. Peter had says that he had personally seen the coming glory in the transfiguration. Its future timing is guaranteed and will coincide with Jesus when he returns again, when he comes again. And so when he is revealed, um, when, when, he, when, he's, when, he's, um, when, when the curtains are pulled back and he goes, ta-da! Like, the ta-da is like when he's revealed. Okay, that's when he's coming again. And so um, he says that, that he is a partaker of that glory that will be revealed, and, and he's going to bridge this, this comment right here to the end of verse 4, right? Where he says, um, uh, where he says um, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. <laughs> So there's a bridge that he's he's making right here from from this verse to verse one to um, to uh, verse four. Any thoughts on that or any other comments? Yeah. 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 To know him. That's what the motivator. Peter's themselves are being persecuted. Peter's of those being persecuted. Yeah. Suffering trials. Yeah. the course. Yeah. Did anybody see the movie? Did anybody see the movie Stand and Deliver? Yeah. Well, that, if, if you haven't seen this movie, I really encourage you to see it. It's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I guess I say that because I'm a teacher. But <laughs> um, the movie is about this teacher who, who was in the middle of a you know, challenging neighborhood and city and everything else. And he basically <clears throat> single-handedly like, um, like committed himself to excellence and like... Um, said it doesn't matter like what is going to happen. He's going to quote stand and deliver, meaning like he's going to stand and and be all he could be in the midst of that situation and 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 teach like there's no tomorrow, right? So he basically took 
all these kids who would be like just down and outers, right? Just completely, you know, viewed at as uh, losers, right? And uh, drug addicts, everybody, and like gave them purpose, gave them hope, worked with them individually to the point where they all like became these like, you know, amazing, uh, you know, lives, careers, and everything else that happened, and and literally like helped transform, almost transformed himself, you know, an entire class, and therefore part of a school, right, and and was really um, uh, seen as one who was transformational in nature. So the, the point here is like, fellow elders, I exhort you, stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. Like, do your job. Like, understand how important this is, and like, what a transformational character your doing what you do will have on the world, on this church, on people's lives, on souls. So, really important. So who should, we she- who should be shepherded? Says shepherd the flock of God amongst you. Elders have been given the most serious delegated stewardship and mandate by God to shepherd not only their own flock, or not, their own, not the flock which they would sometimes view as their own, but it's the flock of God as we said, right? And Jesus came to earth to redeem his church. It is his flock. It's not their flock. Um, Ephesians 5.25 and 27 talks about like relating it to, um, to, to, to marriage, right? And he says the husband, like purify your wife, sacrifice for your life, you know, do this in a way that is holy unto them as, as, it, as it is to God, right? Um, so that's how Jesus came to earth. He ascended back to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to empower his church. He gifted his church with the necessary spiritual gifts. Um, to that, he gave gifts to men um, in order to cause his church to, quote, grow up and mature from the inside out. Okay? And and he says here, um, uh, he says the fact that, that uh, Jesus purchased this flock with his own blood emphasizes the immense value uh, it is to the Lord. The immense value it is to the Lord. So turn with me to John 16. John 16. John 16. Um, would somebody read verses 5 through 11? Now I go away to him. None of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things, sorrow has filled your less. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. I still have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he has come, he will guide all truth. For he will not speak on authority. Whatever he hears, he will show you things to come. He will glorify me. What is mine? All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He will take a it to you. Mm-hmm. So God, when He, uh, when Jesus was resurrected from the earth, He gave the Holy Spirit to us. He gave gifts to us, and He gave um, shepherds and leaders to us. 
Those three things work together to accomplish what he's entrusted to the church, which is the foundation and the pillar and support of truth in this world, according to Paul and Timothy. And so therefore now becomes the construct by which God's going to actually accomplish his purposes in this world. That says why this is so important for us to, to understand and to be a part of. Um, it is that God is at work. And then, remember if Acts 20.28, 20, he says, like, um, whom, whom, whom Jesus has purchased with his own blood. It's talking about the church. Whom Jesus has purchased with his own blood. And so it talks about like how incredibly valuable the church is to God. Um, I don't know about you, but back to what Ann said earlier, you know, talking about purpose, you know, I mean, that, as I've really come to grips with that over, over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, it's, it's really, like, transformed my thought processes as to where I, what I think is important in my life, completely, um, completely, and so, if it's, if it's that important to God and Jesus, it's like, you know, it's got to be that way for me, too, and it's, you know, it's just a daily thing that I kind of work through. And you know where it comes to bear? It comes to bear in, in how I manage my discretionary time. That's, that's how it comes to bear, which is interesting. Um, how must shepherding take place? He says, exercise oversight. This means to have scope over, to look over. We get our word bishop or overseer from this word. Exercise oversight. Exercise oversight. A key role of shepherds and elders is to watch over or care for sheep to assess their condition so as to lead, guard, and feed them. Why do you think that this, this command, exercise oversight, obviously in a way that makes sense, right? Why is that so important in times of suffering and persecution, do you think? I don't walk away mm-hmm. or, I mean, I that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, during hard times, yeah. you know, to be reminded of truth, to be reminded of our purpose, and to be reminded of the Lord's great love for us. I'll tell you, and it doesn't happen easy in our life. We're going through a voluntary severance program at at work. And there are... My my door is just a revolving door. (laughs) It's like I get the opportunity to be able to um, talk to people about, like, why, what's going on, and, you know, this is... All their moorings are being pulled out from underneath them, you know. Um, and it can cause a whole lot of people to be really discouraged, really depressed, really you know, disjointed, um, and almost turn to a bitter heart. And yet, for such a time as this, right? And so I get the incredible privilege, even though I have no clue where I'm, what, what's going to happen with me, to be able to give hope, to be able to encourage, to stand and be a, a leader, to be different, to have people give people um, the ability to respond, thoughts around how to respond well, and so I mean, it's just a great, well, I mean where else could I get that opportunity? But yet God is in the middle of all that, right? Yeah. 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 But, and so I'm going to, just in my study with that, I'm referencing younger or a trial or a speck like anyone else would be connection that is why it's that important. Exactly. Exactly. So about next week, we you just we got to be ready to stand and deliver whenever it's time. <laughs> 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 so, 
good thing is now we're not kind of moving as fast as we would. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I've seen I've seen more mature younger people in some situations than than I ever was at that time. You know, and and oh, to know the things they know and lean fully into the things they lean into that I would have not had to go through. You know, things that I've gone through because of it. Right, so. I think all of us can see that 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 might be the case, you know, of situations. I mean, when you when you transition, Mark, into what you're going to talk about here, the how tos, let's contrast that. Your leader, what is the motivation? Because yeah, get a position or status, right? Whatever it might be, right? And a lot of wisdom in scripture that points to those. That I'm going to point to the fact that these were younger leaders, (laughs) (laughs) these apostles. Yeah, but uh, I think it's important to, um, and the exhortation here is very clear back to your point of begin with the household of God. It's like, you know, like sift your motives, you know. That's why Paul says to Timothy, you know, and for the, and as the most important thing, pay attention to yourself. That's what he says in Timothy, to Paul, Paul to Timothy. Like, that's the most important thing you can to pay attention to uh, your own heart, you know. From, what is behind the motive? Exactly. Does it aspire to position? Does it aspire to you know, um, you know, being being viewed as you know something, or is it aspire to all the things we've just had a conversation about today, which is you know, to to, to live in the underbelly of of the of, of the flock of God, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> meaning that you know you are all in um, as it pertains to doing what it takes to. Shepherd, excellently. Yeah, can't live without. Yeah, yeah. God's calling is is the key thing, right? It is because I I I believe that the aspiration comes from the calling. I really do. Um, I think the scriptures are really clear to that end. Um, So, any other thoughts around suffering and persecution? Why Um, might this be especially true? The verse that came to mind when you were sharing about work was that God is giving you a chance. Exactly, the living hope. And I, 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 it's crazy because people come to me and like, like, how come you're not like da 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 da? And I was like, well, do you want to know? <laughs> do you want to know? <laughs> Get an opportunity, right? Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, so how must shepherding take place? How must shepherding take place? So first of all, um, well, before we go here, um, let me just mention something here. Turn to Hebrews. 13, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Somebody got that? Those who rule over you, that would be. Okay. So, we'll, we'll probably pause here before we go into the next section, but it says, Obey your leaders. Leaders here would be elders, shepherds, overseers, right? Pastors, right? Obey your leaders and, quote, submit to them. Um, this word submit is, is again, very often misunderstood, right? I mean, I don't want to submit to somebody who lords it over me, but I do want to submit to somebody who loves me, right? And uh, he says, um, for, for, so here's the why reason. Why should you obey? They, quote, Keep watch over your souls. 
talk to me a little bit about this. Uh, how does this kind of get manifested, do you think? How does this manifest itself? Watch over your souls. Maybe they can see it. Okay. Kind of a nudging factor. I mean, you have to be involved in people's lives somehow to try to be able to have this, I'll call it privilege. Yeah? Privilege. Um, what are other ways, maybe, watching over souls? I mean, for me, it means just literally like one of the most important things in, in, in engaging with the sheep is that is is the spiritual aspect of what's going on in all things. It's like that there's the spiritual dimension. Yeah, the physical is important. Yeah, the emotional is important. Yeah, the financial is important. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, one of the things I've just learned in counseling is that all things really do end up back in spiritual, <laughs> unless it's a physiological you know, problem of the body or something. But... Or, or the, but but all things tend, 99.9% of all the things, like tend to root itself back in how I view God and how I view this and, and what's going on. So it's literally helping kind of come around people in that construct, okay? It's, it's their souls. It's the immaterial part of them. It's not the physical part of them. That's the part that he says, shepherds watch over. How? As those who will give an account. Those who will give an account. Account to who? The great shepherd. <laughs> to the great shepherd. To the chief shepherd. To the good shepherd. So let them do this with joy, not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. So this idea of watch over your souls is this idea of exercise oversight. It's the idea of, 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 of leading, of guiding, of, of, of caring, of, of feeding, of protecting, of you know, all of those things for the purpose of their souls, for the purpose of their spiritual well-being and disposition before God. Um, so that's really what matters at the end of the day. is Because they can't change the circumstances. They can't go out and like, you know what, I'd love to stop these fiery trials that are happening, right? They can't do that. They don't control those things. But they do control their ability to minister effectively to souls. Um, have you ever experienced this personally, like, well, or not, or your own lives, or this, this biblical oversight? Mm. I think a lot of us can point to those things, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to be able to remember that this is happening when it's a good thing. <laughs> Sometimes. The lording over, the <laughs> benefiting from, the, well, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Huh. So, I mean, we experience The opposite it. side. Good. Good. I think the counts fairly easier. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Of the shepherd is all that. Yeah. Focus and so amid circumstances. So I think where my head goes is I've said the wrong things, maybe. Yeah. You know, because you're trying to solve it or make it better. Yeah. Say, I wish it would go away. Or control it or something. <laughs> when, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. All it matters. Yeah. Is that and so. For these leaders, like, okay, we want you to go really into the furnace, but realize it's the heat goals. Yeah, the, the temperature. <laughs> yeah. So it's bad. Yeah. And are you ready? You know, but I think... all that really matters. Yeah, is souls. That's right. Yeah. And, and let me just add to that, which is a, a manifestation of how to think about that con- comment that Dave just said, which is like the... the, the 
You know, Solomon says, you know, above all things, guard your heart. Above all things, guard your heart, because from it flows the wellsprings of life. So, amen. We'll, we'll pause there. Um, and can I ask you to pray? Open to visitors, we'll be open to her. Your lights, your minister. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, everybody. <clears throat>